episode 243 of the F Reality Podcast. On January 19th, bank managers worldwide cried themselves to sleep, wondering if the excess of credit exposure would be their ruin come the following day. And here at F Reality, this is a special episode. We are pre-recording Angels from Above just for you. Okay. And on the punch card today, here's what we've got. Up first, Apple dances in the daylight with both engineering teasers and crowd pleasers alike. Put down that bottle of Sif. We've got Citra VR now for cleaning your house of uh, ghosts and ghouls. Hide your kids and hide your coworkers. Meta wants them both and won't stop until they're working full time in VR. Those UEVR fans continue the goodies grind and want you to be their best, best pals. <laughs> Back in Jan early January, CES went by in a flash and so did Jose's original travel plans. So let's hand over the PA system for a mo. And with that, the wizard himself returns to bring us release news for those hungry for those next VR meal. Next up, we're going to have our crew intros compressed this time. On this grand voyage, I have a wonderful crew on staff. We've got Rowdy, the science guy, Adam, the festive lass, and Jose, who brings energy levels that would make Vegeta sweat. My name is Zim, and I am a VR family man. With that, over to our highlights of the week. Rowdy, you're up first. What you been up Great. to? Great. Yeah, like I, I find it funny, but ever since I moved to, you know, more like the western side of, of, of Canada, I feel like every every week my highlight is like the weather. <laughs> yep. Fair. I, I it's again, it's crazy. Like you remember like a couple of weeks ago, like I was saying, like, oh, we're having minus forty, you know, it's yeah. it's crazy. Minus fifty with the wind chills. Seriously? And then okay. we have a, a concept here that is called the Chinook winds. I don't know if you guys are already are aware of that. It's called Chinook winds, and they're basically warm winds that go through the mountains and end up in in the city, uh, and they cause massive temperature differences. So, although we had you know a few weeks ago we had minus forty, next week they predict plus ten. What? So that's a <laughs> fifty what? degree temperature difference <laughs> in like. The space of like two weeks but and that the, can wait, literally go from like day to day. Like it's insane. But wait, 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 wait. What's the science behind this? How do you get, how do you get warm wind from where? Where's the fucking coming I from? Do not, I mean, I don't know where the exact, and I even <laughs> think that it's not a perfectly explained phenomenon as to like why it is happening or what that thing is. Cause it also causes a lot of people here to have like migraines. Right. Uh, so because of the enormous temperature difference that you have, like, you know, wow. You, you go to sleep, it's minus 20, and you wake up, it's like plus three, and you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, it's, uh, yeah, in terms of, like, they have no real idea, you know, what is causing exactly those migraines, but they do see a lot of people here that have specific headaches related to that, uh, which is really interesting, I thought. I, I hate to derail this conversation, but I feel like you're you're being played, bro. What do you mean there's like <laughs> random rogue winds? <laughs> like, they don't know where they come from. <laughs> You're, being, well, you're I mean, in a they, research they, lab, my they friend. Do you know <laughs> where they come from? Because they're, they're, they're like Western winds and they have like an explanation for it as well because it's like, you know, the way that the, the water falls on the mountain and then you have this like, these, these clouds that are dissipating and then you have like the, 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 the I mean, I don't know exactly how, how it's, it's, but it's like a warm front. Like that's kind of Very what happens. Like a warm front is being generated because of, you know, the, the, the layout of the land and then you get that, warm winds that go through those mountains uh, and eventually end up in the in the city and causing these like 
Massive, massive temperature differences. We should get rid of mountains. I want to know where I can subscribe or tune in to watch the Rowdy Truman Show because it's it's going on. You yeah. just don't know. It. You're being pranked. Camera outside your window. Probably, probably. Yeah, I tune into it. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I mean, I, I feel like my life has gotten quite boring because I only talk about the weather, <laughs> but it's insane the weather. Like, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, I, I remember like in the summer, it was like, oh, we had like a sunny day. Next day, tornado. <laughs> Next day, bit of rain. Like, I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's going quite crazy over here. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I feel like you, you tend to get, especially being in like the European subcontinent, you get a lot of uh, warning because other countries go through that shit first, you know? And so it sweeps yeah. over and you're like, you know, like if you're in England, Ireland is there like ready and waiting. If they get a storm, you're like, oh, I got a day's notice, you know? <laughs> Europe, you get even more sometimes. But um, yeah, yeah, Canada is a bit crazy. Yeah, But here even the landscape entirely changed because, you know, we had like a lot of snow, you know, everything was white. Then we get those Chinook winds and it's like, <laughs> snow is gone now. <laughs> It's like, okay. How do you prepare for this stuff? Like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, Adam. Oh my god. So Chinook is is it's not spelled like Chinook the helicopter, is it with an S or a C? Uh, I don't know how Chinook the helicopter is, uh, is spelled. C H spelled C H I N O O K. Yeah, that's how it's it is. Chinook, Chinook, yeah. So Chinook helicopter pushing down on I those don't know hot, what heavy winds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. The Boeing CH four seven yep. Chinook. Boeing. I know my mills. Yeah. I know. Wilson I know. Stuff. I know they were they were to be blamed for this too. That's <laughs> uh, so funny. Maybe it's related. I don't know. I'm <laughs> have to look this up then post podcast. All right, that's cool. So the highlight of your uh, uh, of your week is a lot of hot <laughs> air. A lot of hot air. Hot air. Hot, hot air. air. Uh, I'm I'm curious as to like maybe next week I'll bring some uh, or next time I'll bring some uh, tornadoes. Let's go. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> I'm just imagining some old dude or a bunch of like graybeard type dudes, Cana old Canadians, like Canucks up in the up in the uh, Rockies or somewhere with like just hair dryers, all just like pointed at the same yeah. time. <laughs> it's funny because they call them also fern winds, and a fern in Dutch is like you know a hair dryer. Really, or in German maybe as well. That's, yeah, fern. That's hilarious. <laughs> so maybe that is also what it means. Well, well, if you survive and you don't melt, uh, yeah, we'll have to catch up with. Rowdy next time. Yeah, I know. Freezing. Freezing and melting. Blown away. <laughs> anyway, that that's just amazing. Okay, cool. So uh, over to Adam then. Adam, what's what's been your last two weeks like? Um, I've actually been well, after I got sick, then I felt bad because I was I felt like I was just behind on everything. Like I hate being sick because you just can't be productive or even do anything you like. Uh so I really got into a lot of VR stuff this week, mostly, and maybe a little bit of last week. Um, I'll pick four things, but like for the one that interests the most, <laughs> someone can yell it out. Cause all the, all the four things is too much. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, the first one I, so I played Demeter, the mixed reality game that I think came oh. out today. It's got a long name, Demeter, the Chronicles or something crazy, uh, mixed reality game. Then I did, I tried, I've been playing a lot of Pal World and I tried that with the UEVR mod, which I will save oh, because it sounds yes. like you teased it something like that in the, in the intro. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold, hold that for <laughs> later and we'll, we'll spin over to you then. That's great. Uh, I tried, I was playing a Synth Riders Electro Swing 2 DLC oh. because, you know, I love Synth Riders and all the Electro Swing. That's kind of my jam. Um, and then I played uh, Lethal Company, modded uh, VR wow. Lethal Company. Wow. 
<laughs> a lot of stuff. You've really just picked all the best <laughs> stuff to play, haven't you? I don't know. I just felt yeah, that's so, not fair. I yeah, felt like, like I was behind. <laughs> so I needed to do so something I'll... that sounded important. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's all the heavy stuff. That's great. Um, I'm really curious because I got a bunch of buddies that were like trying to drag me into Lethal Company. And they're <sighs> like, hey, you got to play, got to play. And I'm like, I don't have time right now, but, you know. If, I'll ask somebody else. So there you go. I'm going to ask you. How was, how was Lethal Company then? It's not it friendly? bad. What do you mean by friendly? Like, it's not scary? Just or <laughs> for, for people who uh, don't know what Lethal Company is, maybe um, let them know what that is. And then what's it like in VR? Yeah, so Lethal Company, it's uh, up to four player. I guess you could call it co-op. Basically, you have a quota, um, a number of quota that you have to reach every three days or so. Basically, you land on a planet you have to go out into a random building, find as much scrap, valuable scrap as you can, bring it back to your ship. Premise sounds simple, but there's a lot of things on the planet and in the buildings that want to kill you. And some trips might be pretty flawless where you find a lot of stuff and not a lot of creatures. Uh, sometimes everything wants to kill you and there's not a lot of stuff, but you, you have to reach your quota every three days. Uh, but yeah, it's super, if it wasn't... I guess it would be questionably scary, especially in VR. I don't. I don't know if this would be a Jose game. But yeah, otherwise, I, I would no. totally. I would <laughs> no. be like, we should, we would. This would be awesome to play together. Like, I I really do like Lethal Company a lot. That's that that sounds a lot like Deep Rock Galactic because when you went from Deep Rock Galactic on flat to VR, you're like, oh, this is now a horror game. <laughs> like it's it's, it's well, totally it could be scary overwhelming because you're one now too. in it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, that's a. Let's just say different octaves came out of me in the VR version. Different pitches <laughs> and screams that I didn't know I was capable of uh, happened with the VR one, the VR mod. So, but it was really oh. easy to set up. Very easy. Oh, very good. Nice. Uh, and is there of the four that you played? Is one of those like your uh, your particular darling you like the mm, most? Probably Lethal Company, um, just because UEVR requires a little more tinkering. Um, so mm. lethal company was pretty much just like suspiciously easy. <laughs> Everything, <laughs> everything's already thunderstorm set. Thunderstorm. Yeah. So yeah. you can get like the, what is it? Belpinex and the, uh, lethal company VR mod. As, as long as those are the only mods you have, I guess if you have more stuff then you know, it, there's more potential for conflicts, but I only had the, the VR mod. So it was no problem. And I was able to play with people who were in flat and didn't have the mod. So it, it worked fine. That's cool. You're answering all my questions, and now they're going to say you the bar is even lower. You have to play with us, Sam. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get me in there. Very good. All right, Jose. Well, you were a missing man last time, oh, so uh, you were a very pretty face with a cigar going. All right. But, uh, <laughs> now that you're here in the flesh, how's it going, my man? Oh, what's man. Your, uh, what's your highlight? What's up? Um. Oh, man. Uh, lots of resting and playing with my pals. Um. <laughs> yeah wow, uh, we've got two out of yeah, two out of four honestly yeah. adam pretty much uh uh summarized my highlights too uh funny enough uh recovering i i just got back from san diego immediately right after ces oh, so uh, but yeah oh, yeah went from one event with like you know god knows how many people to another event with four thousand guaranteed people in attendance so showing the powers of vr and and so <laughs> Got back about four days ago, and I've been pretty much nonstop dead until like an hour ago. So I was like, "Oh, oh is it, we're recording!" And I just came back to life, literally, like chugged up some paddles three, out. Literally, <laughs> three Red Bulls. Like I, you know, <laughs> smacked my face up a little bit. Woke up and 
and just now remember i'm like literally in real time remembering everything i've done like little glimpses but yeah a lot of pal world and but for the audio listeners jose is not even wearing any literally I am, I am, this is this is Nothing ar on. overlay um <laughs> god I, I i'm telling you jose all when you just relayed that about about your 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 travels i just you know the prodigies smack my bitch up the band video like just played too. in my head literally it's exactly what it sounds like and then you just like slam into yes. the seat and boom 100 wow. percent. i kept I, I was thinking about the, the bon jovi yeah. music video where he's like running to a concert underground that's literally me for the last four days just trying to find energy to 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 even function because i just <laughs> I'm one of those people that if I'm not doing something or I'm not productive, I feel like I'm draining faster than I am. So it, it was just miserable. So all I did was just play a lot of, a lot of Pell World on UEVR. Just, I, it's, I, I obsessed with that game way more than I Yay. probably should have. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, if yeah. you both want to, we can carve it out from later. Let's we can talk it. about it now if you'd prefer. Yay. Why don't we just get it out there? I'm so down for <laughs> some <right>. pal talk. <laughs> so starting off then, pal world, you two are going to be better off than me who only spent five minutes in it. Tell us what pal world is all about, which is a flat game natively. So a lot of people like to call it Pokemon with guns, but I feel like it's a little bit more complex than that. I think it's more like Rust, the the survival game. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like Ark, I would yes. say. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can cook them and eat them as well. So yeah, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely more complicated <laughs> mm -hmm. than just guns. Fun yeah. fact, when you when you butcher them, there's like a sensor bar that goes over them. It's so good. <laughs> like it pixelates right. them. It's so, so funny and fucked up. How does a Pikachu taste? <laughs> it depends on like the rabbit. Yeah. You get some fluff, you can get some meat out of it, you know? The the cool part about it is that they're it's one of those games that they're not afraid to just go the extra mile because they could have just drawn the line on the you know capturing and and making the monsters your you know your subordinates. No, this expands to anything in the game. You can capture people and make them slaves too. So if you see like a random NPC cooking <laughs> out there, he's just ah oh, you know You're gives mine. You, yeah gives you a little tip and then you just you know turn around and capture him and make him a slave. Well, you gotta beat him in a submission first. Yes, you have that's to true too. make him more yeah. willing to get. Can you cook and eat those too? Yeah, yes, you can. Can you eat the people? Wow. I've never tried eating the. People. I haven't tried that either, but I'm pretty. I'm gonna go works? ahead and confidently say yes. Like th this game, I, I feel like they're they're just playing a checkbox game, and whatever somebody wants to do in the game, they're just let's let them do it. So I'm gonna go ahead and say yes without even having tried it. It's pretty good. This is so funny. I never thought that cannibalism was going to be a common point between our highlights. <laughs> yeah, but hey. yeah. All right. Very good. I'm not going to see what mine is just yet. So Pal World, as I dip my toes in, felt to me weirdly like Breath of the Wild. I mean, it's an older game now, but it felt like that mixed with Fortnite. And then they were just littered with yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Pals. Pals, yeah. pals, pals, okay, pals. Yeah, th there's no way that they're not gonna get sued. They're totally right? gonna get I mean, sued. Nah, they're not. They're yeah, not. They're, they're not. It, it's I thought they would have been sued by now. Like they yeah. wouldn't have let it go on this long. You know, nah. it's got to be something. I don't know. The, Lawyers this, are this slow. Is what they do? The, yeah, this is what, like because Pokemon. There's been so many Pokemon games that have been made by fans that have been up for years yeah. and eventually get mm. taken down. Well, like uh, to be fair, one very good one was. Um, uh, the Pokemon, I think Radioactive or something it was mm -hmm. called. Amazing game. Yes, it like was. They spent years on developing that and it was a, like a Game Boy version or like an Amazon. There you go. Game you you mentioned it yourself. They used the core engine from the Pokemon game. They stripped it down. This is a 100% 
very aesthetically similar looking game. I'm not going to go out of my way to say it's not, but the game engine, the graphics, the assets, the the gameplay mechanics, it's too much of a mashup um, for them, for Pokemon to go out of their way and say, hey, they're copying our game because truth of the matter is there's no guns in the Pokemon game. There's no survival uh, mechanics in a Pokemon the characters game. characters look the exact same. So do Dragon Quest, and so do the mythical dragons in, 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 in Asian culture. This is not... There is copyright laws for a reason, and the, the fact that it's also backed by a very large publisher and it is on the Steam platform, Nintendo, Nintendo lawyers can't take this down, um, even if they wanted to. There could be some arguments that could be made. There will probably be, like very minimal attacks maybe with specific characters or assets but it will never be enough for them to completely remove the game it's it's mm. too way too big of a mashup of of uh development engines and all that crap and it's not mechanics. like the game's been hidden like it's no. not like nobody knew about it you know way way long ago i feel like if if they wanted to kind of stick something in to stop them from developing they could have done it you know, yeah. when they first found out about Pokemon with guns and it became yeah. a meme and all that. So I, I'm actually surprisingly on the side of Jose. I feel like I feel like there's they can't really do anything yeah. big like the I, I still think that, you know, <laughs> if the game keeps on getting bigger, eventually there's going to be because Nintendo's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's great. You guys are doing well. well now we take 30 percent of your whatever <laughs> Nintendo. If we're going to really talk about Nintendo issues, Nintendo has a way bigger problem in their hands at the moment. The There, there was a flashcard they just released about two weeks ago that completely mm. circumvents the switch operating system you can it's the same thing as the original nas launcher uh sorry nds launcher that let you like load up cards with an sd card that just released oh. for the switch oh. Oops. <laughs> yeah so they have way <laughs> bigger problems like the nintendo switch has been completely you know jailbroken now so they they have bigger fish <laughs> to fry than and they actually caught the guy the same and funny enough if we wanted to get into that the flash cart that just released was also made by the same guy that released the original flash cart so it's i pretty this guy owes nintendo really like a billion dollars and then got leaked but i think he got i don't know how it happened but he's right back at it and now they released a new flash cart so jesus the funny thing that i find about this like and we're going to get into this a bit later too but like people want to play their games and they want to play their games in the way they want to play them. And they also like to be on a new platform. Say you just picked out, you know, you just got your vision pro or something. You're like, Hey, what, if, what if I could get X, Y, or Z game working on this thing? And I find like this cross platform emulation layering, um, even when it comes to, you know, people trying to get as many games as possible fit onto this platform that they've, they've come to love for years. Like it, they'd stop at nothing. They stop at nothing. It's like water finding its way through a dam, you know, after 500 years, it's going to find that crack and it's going to weasel its way through. Um, I do think that Nintendo were one of the heavier weights out there in terms of their legal arm. Um, but we'll see where this goes. Yeah. But I, let's let's cut back to the fun. And I don't know, Rowdy, if you've already run a trailer or something for this, but it'd be yeah, cool I, to show people. I did. I, I did cool. want to say real quick, though, <laughs> that Nintendo has released... Oh, the Pokemon company has released a statement regarding it, that they're investigating the, the use of assets and that they have not granted any permission uh, specifically related. So it's not like they're... They're not, not in friendly terms. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. To be able, well, yeah, go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. Like, they... They def like I said, they definitely knew about this. Though the yeah. way that they're wording it makes it sound like 
I think they mostly just want to let people know we know. Please stop bothering us about yeah, exactly. This. We know and they're not ref- and they're not talking specifically about Power World. They're talking about a mod of somebody who released Pokemon oh, sprites right. and assets for the game. That so this is completely on. Un- uh, that's what happened. A modder released yeah, a, a graphic pack that made the game look like Pokemon, and that's where Nintendo is acknowledging and talking about. But There's no permission to do that. that. Yeah, that that in <laughs> itself is illegal and shouldn't be done. Um, the game itself is not the problem. It's yeah. I don't know. That's not what they're saying yeah. though. Like, yeah. wait, let me let me pull it up. Yeah. Like, because they're specifically I, saying the. Well, I'll read it out, yeah, man. That's easy. We have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. <laughs> so they're not talking about a mod of the game. They, they're talking specifically about another company's game released in January 2024. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to do blah, blah, blah. Well, it sounds like then like, oh, we're we're looking into it. It's not really like... All you can ever say, yeah. Well, it's a new arm of Reboot Imagine contracting <laughs> we'll play Power world for you i'm ready and we will <laughs> we'll just we'll find out if there's anything oh, dude, in there it, for you it, it got it, it got it so bad I, I don't know if you guys saw but there was like the the, the what turned what, what hit critical mass was that there was like i guess some let, let's call them amateur uh graphic graphic specialists just to give them a, a kinder a term and they were going through the to the graphic sprites of the game and they were comparing them and they so what they did awesome. was they they scaled down the 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 3D graphics to look like the ones on Pokemon and they were like see as you can tell they're the same size and shape but they were and so people just ran with it and in reality all the guy was doing was just sizing them down so they look similar but they really weren't the same mesh or the same size or or had the same counts of polygons it this were and, and through this, we found out that, yeah, every single sprite and asset in the game was made by scratch. There was a lot of inspiration. That's where maybe intellectual property comes in and ends. But as far as, like, there is proof now that there is no code that's been lifted from other games. <laughs> and that's really the where the piracy comes in, I guess, if you're using other people's intellectual property. But... That's not the that case. That would be straight copy copying, which yeah. would not be smart to put a company on. But I mean, mm-hmm. intellectual property stems beyond that. Yeah. Look, <clears throat> we'll put a plug yeah. in the legal side of the podcast <laughs> yeah. here. Let's focus on, are you two having fun? Are you guys enjoying this uh, Power World game? Oh, God. That's a very hard <laughs> question. I mean, so I can answer it like this. Um, Every question each, is complicated. Each, 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 each pal has like a nature, like they have different characteristics. And I, I, I've experienced this uh, pal. I forgot her name. I think it's called Lo- Love Leon, which is a. <laughs> I don't know the. the I'll, I'll share with you guys the, the, the description. Names are all stupid. But it's a it's a pal that that in, in its description it is a pal that has transcended beyond loving other pals and has decided to start mating with their human trainers or so. <laughs> I don't know when it happened, but now I have, uh, I believe they're called a harem. Uh, I, have about, I have about 30 of them. They're, uh, that's, I think that's where I'll, I'll end. Uh, 
the conversation. I love how you said, like, I don't know when it happened. <laughs> or how? Or Blame the fever. Do. You clearly Blame do. the fever. It's, you listen, they, Oh, my God. They produce. They create. They take care. They, listen, you just you just got to you just got to play Power World. That's all I can say. Good God. Wow, uh, this is a uh, yeah, this is a it's a, distur a disturbing trend is already starting us off. All right, Adam, your take. Go on. Uh, I forget when it came out not long ago, but I already have 26 hours in it. I don't know if that's an indication of if I like it or not. Dear God. But in the opposite end, there's also a pal named Depresso, yes. which is a very sad, depressed looking. But they're surprisingly cheery and hard workers, despite being called Depresso. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's little like they make just the right jabs at like, yes, kind of Pokemon, but we can do what we want with them because we're not we don't have to be family friendly Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and yeah. I can appreciate yeah. that. It's really yeah. silly. It's a very silly game. And I think it's weird to say that, but. There's something exciting about playing a game that's not afraid of just doing really dumb stuff, right? Like the <laughs> fact that you can get on the back of one and then just pull out a gun and just start shooting. <laughs> and you're like grabbing a, you know, a club and beating the Pokemon to death alongside your Pokemon. You know, it, it's, it's You cool. can grab one and use it like a flamethrower. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. It is. Right. Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> I'm really glad we're talking about this because now I, I it's like confirmation that it's not a fever dream that I've been going through and it's actually a real thing. So can we end yeah, the podcast I, now so I can just go back? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> definitely. Um, so that so Power World is interesting. It's definitely taking the Internet by storm. It's just such a mad title. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's crazy. That it's kind of both of your highlight there shared. That was fun. Um, and we talked about Rowdy's bag of hot air or whatever it was. <laughs> and uh and so, uh, chat, for those of you who might be just tuning in, um, guess what? This is pre-recorded. That means you can put whatever you want in chat, uh, but it will be used against you in the court of spatial law. Um, <laughs> so with that, over to my highlight. Um, and this is where uh, cannibalism uh, is rife, uh, which is uh, day Z. So about every two years or so, uh, I do a, a little trick uh, where I take virtual desktop, couple of virtual monitors, uh, immerse myself completely in the world of DayZ with kind of real smooth, you know, smooth head turn in that game. Uh, and it and it's just, it feels like, it's like a, a beautiful dream come true without the full VR elements in there. So it's like the closest I can get to DayZ VR, being an old school, like, big DayZ player. I was competitive at one point. Um, and so I've been doing that, and that's fun. But in the span of two hours of playing this uh, live for my audience, yeah, I was confronted by cannibals, which is something they patched into the game a couple of years ago. Um, I got into a rowdy-style brawl where I tried to help out another player who was getting beaten up by two other guys <laughs> and knock one guy to the ground, and then the guy who I was looking to save beat the shit out of me. So <laughs> killed me right then and there. I was like, yeah, thanks, bro. That's awesome. And... Um, then I was running through a field. I kid you, this is the most action-packed daisy I've ever, ever had. And it was in this like immersive theater, essentially. So it was really cool. I got run down by a car in a field. I was just crossing a dirt road with like tall grass and a purple car comes along and it's not, you have to build a car, you have to fuel it. Like it's, it's hard to even see or build a car in this game. And I got run over. And so that's another way I died. And then I was like ducking into sheds, a mass... A mountain of gunfire. I don't know what was going on on the server. It was a first-person-only server I was on. But, man, it was wonderful. It was really cool to just 
go through buildings and all this and that. And the the part that I think Jose will like the best is that in because things change in the tech stack, I don't I never am able to redo the same thing like twice. So this time I had to fool my system. So virtual desktop, the old school desktop version, cabled so people could see the action and be motion smooth and stuff. But I had to connect to my virtual link connector, my PSVR2 to give myself a third virtual monitor. That's awesome. Or real monitor. So I used that display to kind of represent the game and then had it wrapped around two virtual monitors. So I got a full 180 wrapped around my head and it captured really well. And I was like, I was just like, damn. And so it's really, really fun. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm just like, I can't wait for like a real hardcore, you know, survival game like that, where you're really scrounging for beans and stuff. Um, But Bohemia Interactive, the team behind DayZ, who I should say bought in DayZ, the DayZ modder, uh, Dean Hall, um, who before he went off and started his own studio. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're our ray of hope. They have their own engine. Uh, it's called Enfusion. And uh, they were working on Arma Reforger, Arma being their like mill sim game. And what's uh, known to be a future step for them, although no dates announced, and I don't think it's going to come in 2024, would be Arma 4. Uh, Arma 3 released some years back. I wasn't a huge fan of that one, but... Arma 2 was definitely my sauce and Operation Flashpoint way before that was just incredible. So if we can just convince them, uh, I, I, w- I would like them to please work on VR support because we, we, we miss that. We miss that so sorely in VR. We don't have a game that does that properly yet. And I know we've got a few people like Combat Waffle working on stuff that is going to be tinkering in that space. Um, so we'll see. Maybe someone will feed old Zim at some point and I'll be happy. But for now... I have to live in my two and a half D world. <laughs> and uh, so that's what, that's what I did with my time Heck in yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yes. Love it. Right. Well, that's, that's my little pitch to Bohemia done onto the news. Um, first up, of course, it's got to be Apple, um, the <laughs> Apple vision pro uh, retailing in the lowest skew for $3,500 just dropped their pre-orders on the 19th of January. So if you were one of those eager bunnies who remortgaged their Winnebago for an equally shiny headset, uh, then I hope you got your order secured and at a speedy date, because this thing is coming right around the corner and before Valentine's Day. So February 2nd, when stores will get them, if you pre-ordered, for example, from a branch location. Uh, the coolest thing from Apple, though, in the last couple of weeks, I think, was the Apple Vision Pro video, which shows mouth-watering precision in their manufacturing line. Ooh, I mean, yeah. it's yeah. rare that we get to see inside the sweatshop, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's, uh, I'm glad you said that because I really wanted to point that out. It's like there wasn't a lot of sweatshopping in, in, in such a video. So that, that got me excited. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I, you have to wonder, right? Like it's like there's definitely still a human component. They showed all the robotics um, and the advert uh, for those who are listening back to the audio it showed how they work the glass, how they coat the glass, so they buff and hone the aluminum, you know, uh, cover of the of the headset, and then the headset finally like shipping off with like the perfect music away to the would be owner. I think it was like the perfect little appetizer for people who are really you know Apple fanboys and girls who just absolutely you know click this order straight away. It's satisfying and the to thing watch. That I like, yeah, like it is incredibly satisfying to watch for I would think most people. 
but a, it's a glimpse of the pride that Apple ha clearly has for this device as well, like internally, because they're like, look at how much we had to engineer to manufacture this gift to humanity. Like that's what I took <laughs> from this advertisement. But I really, I really like that. Uh, it's it's nice when they put in the effort to make such a high quality trailer slash video teaser reel. Such a pleasure for the eyes, as old Nathy would have said back in the day. It's like so nice to see it on the manufacturing line. But um, no one quite does it like Apple, no. I suppose. So we'll see uh, see when that lands with people. I'm gonna ask the 1. question. 1.6 million views. Is it really 1.6 1. 1. million already? Million I believe it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That could be a YouTuber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make some real money. <laughs> they, should, um, they should try it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that AdSense account, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's like, I'm, I'm curious. Have any of you gone for it? I clearly have not. But anyone else sprung for Apple Vision Pro? I have a buddy who ordered three. Oh my yeah, God. Is he I've... like homeless now? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, mean, I, I didn't order one, but... Uh, because my uh, the founder for my company he lives in Germany, so he is going to have it shipped here. And unfortunately, I wasn't awake, you know, right at the crack of dawn for the pre-orders. So his comes in to my place at like March instead of February. Oof. Like my bad. Sorry, I woke up at like seven thirty instead of <laughs> seven or whatever. Like, <laughs> but he said that I could take it out of the box and look at. I don't know if I, I don't want to like touch someone else's hardware too much, but I might like look at it a little bit. Oh, I'll touch yeah, anybody's hardware. <laughs> Let me at it. We said. know that. Your pals know My that. Pals. Your pals know that. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing a bit too much yeah, touching. Yeah, that's, 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 that's my problem. That's why I'm sick. Um, <laughs> but um I, I ended up deciding against it at the 11th hour. Um, yeah. it, it was one of those things where I'm really excited about its potentials. I also have... You know, it's not my first rodeo of, 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 of you know, emerging with, with new technology. It's, yeah. I, I am anticipating a lot of unexpected issues with it um, upon release yep. that I just really don't want to deal with it. Um, the, the custom straps, I, I, that's something that I am not a big fan of. I know a lot of companies have kind of gone other ways like, oh, you know, hyper customization is the future. But I, I think that there's a... I think certain peripherals need to exist in the market before I even consider that, like custom straps yeah. or, or other ways to use these headsets, which I'm already... Dude, What's up? Sorry. Dude, haven't seen you go through, I'll say the... And I, I held back the the um, MetaQuest Pro. Like when that... You went through it firsthand. Yep. And I, I kind of predicted that that might happen to me. And it was the first Meta slash Oculus headset that I just abstained from. And... You know, it was almost a well, maybe a little bit less than a year when I got my hands on that initial like afterwards. But I, it's difficult, you know, like you kind of want a product to be ready out of the box. And this is really uh, a lot of people have said this, but it's a dev kit that's being released with some software. But we're going to get into yeah. that. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary. What's coming out? Yeah. What 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 is coming out for the device is scarier to me than probably anything else. But comfort's so important. Yeah. Uh, this headset's not too far off some of the stuff we have in market, aside from it being a bit jazzier on some of the, the technical specs. The engineering side looks incredible. It's very appetizing, yeah. I would say. Like, it's a very appetizing, yeah. the look and feel of it. If you're an Apple ecosystem person, I would imagine, and, and you're into VR, like, it's like, wow, my moment has come. 
uh, at least this version or maybe even the next. Yeah, I, I think um, it, I think it, a lot of people have been trying to to label it as a dev kit. I'm one of those people that don't see it as a dev kit. I, I see it more as a powerful unit to develop on. If you are a developer, I think that it, it's a it sets the tone of what a spatial computer is, right? Which is um, why it's so important to for for us to 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 kind of. Um, hammer that that messaging that they're going after it but my my personal gripes with it is really more of the actually making this a useful computer for day to day that's not there yeah right it, it, it's similar to what the the quest 3 did with you know using the straps a lot of people don't they don't see it as a as a as a suitable model unless they say oh yeah but with the quest with the bobo strap right we don't have that that answer or solution yet for the apple vision pro and i think third party is it won't take them long but the thing is by the time you want one it's likely given the high price point you won't be struggling to get exactly right like so you're like i've now that i've got the solution i can see a plus b and i'll be happy right the other thing is that that allows for is the app ecosystem to evolve so let me give you a little bit of a glimpse into the sluice of apps that are being shown off, shown off <laughs> on the web, kind of in drip feed format. This is where I get really scared. So there's a couple of things that are missing, notably from the lineup. Two for me that are like critical, because if I was going to buy this device, because I'm not an Apple guy, it would totally be an entertainment device. It'd be like, I want to watch, you know, Gravity or whatever in full 3D and this beautiful display, you know, I would absolutely be going for that. And they don't have Netflix app or a YouTube app from the get-go and so that's that's a bit difficult but here's a couple of third-party apps that are a wee bit scary to me as cited from road to vr uh one is a remember to water your plants app that i presume uses the augmented reality (laughs) pass-through feature let's go uh there's a scan in your magic the gathering cards app which you can do with most phones it's probably a bit easier than holding your neck over a table uh, there's budgeting apps, several of these, in case you have trouble balancing your books at home. There's Bible Offline, which is, <laughs> I suppose, if you're particularly religious. That's my, that was my nah, favorite. That's, that's Amazing. Let's not forget the, the excitement of WebEx. Um, or <laughs> <laughs> Cut the Rope 3. Uh, I just listen, whoa, 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 I'm actually really excited for Cut the Rope 3. <laughs> I Listen, I, that, that, I actually got really excited for that. Way more than I probably showed up because I got mad that they did like the little 2D, 3D holder. Yeah. Frame. But but I'm excited. So that's that's me throwing shade a little bit. Now let's go back to the other side of the pendulum swing. I think Apple fans are going to enjoy some of the first party stuff that is going to be there out of the box. So of course, photos, right? Just like the first time you picked up an iPhone or an iPod touch or something. And you got, you know, easy access to like look into the faces of your families and friends. Uh, Safari for standard web browsing is going to blow people's minds who haven't tried like a quest or something like that. Mail. I mean, if you have a paired keyboard with it and you're able to actually, you know, mirror your laptop screen or whatever, and they get this giant display, being able to do that in such comfort uh, while still being able to keep eye contact with people in the room, I think is going to be pretty nifty. And then again, back to the entertainment side, there are 150 or so 3D movies, things like Dune. Dune is one of my recent favorite films. Uh, and some immersive content that they've planned at 8K. Like when I got the Quest 3 and I was so impressed with the display on that, which is less than an Apple Vision Pro, 
one of the things I found myself drawn to, which is weird because I am not a Discovery Channel dude. I'm not, <laughs> maybe during Shark Week. But like 8K <laughs> nature content or watching, you know, someone climb a mountain, just any interpersonal stuff or like looking at nature in a fidelity that you could never do even with your human eye at at on a 120 inch or 150 inch screen in front of you. Like that is just incredible. So I feel like if you're going to sell someone on this headset, that could be the type of content that does it for someone. And that's, and that's the reason why Netflix isn't on it because they, it is available on the web browser. Uh, Every single app that's not available through an app will be available on the web browser, Spotify, YouTube. These are all web, web applications the there there is also a reality of business netflix has one of the largest subscription accounts when it comes to an entertainment platform why would netflix pay to port an application to the apple vision pro when there's thousands of developers and and applications and hardware that pays netflix to make the app for them right um yeah another thing there's some benefits to having a dedicated app but i would say having seen it gone go through the vr channels once like on Go and that, where they had a dedicated app, restricted resolution, all this kind of stuff. As you said, like a, a virtual desktop choice, right? Uh, that option using the web browser with all of its myriad features, not having to go through a port was a better yeah. end solution and was was optimal. Yeah. So you have a very good point there yeah. with the web access. Windows 8.1 and 10 and 11, a- every single one that has released didn't come with a Netflix app until later on down the road. This is just business, and they're, they're going to force... If a browser, yeah, though, yeah, right? It comes, yeah, the, the Safari browser should be able to launch it just fine. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think for me, personally, the, I, I, I mean, I don't care about the third-party Same. apps. I'm going to be very honest. Like, I don't think that... Like, usually when Apple releases a device, it's to solve a particular problem. And I haven't really figured out for myself yet, what is the problem that they're solving with this? Mm. Like, and I know that we talked about this before because I know Jose brought up the, the idea of like having multiple screens and you know, I, you know optimizing your workflow and that's a little bit the idea behind it. But if I look at the native apps that are there, I don't really get that feeling from that's the problem that they're solving. Whereas for example, like a native, I mean, maybe there is a third party app. I haven't gone through the entire app, but I want to see some, native intro because that's where i think that this device would shine yeah. like an autocad like an engineer oh, got, yeah. focus on that like where apple comes out with their own product specifically for this device that blows all of the third-party ones out of the water uh, so that is one um the other one that i was thinking is like like photoshop design any mm. of these kind of things have always been hardcore apple products and I don't really see that here. Like, I don't see, you know, if, if Photoshop is in, if Adobe Premiere Pro and After Effects are already in there, they should be put much more to the front because that's where, you know, you have this device maybe getting to solving a problem. They are, they are um, applications. I, I forgot the names of them, but they're the... Uh, I, 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 I get that there are applications, but I'm not really interested in third-party developers. What the making first, those applications well, adobe for, is a third Rowdy, to yeah. your first question the first party application if we yeah. if we generalize that statement i think is simply taking whatever you have on your macbook mm-hmm. and seeing it in that environment in that space like working i'll use their term 
spatially because that is incredible yeah. for the first time you do that it can be sure. freeing now but, i'm not convinced at the no, way the form factor the in this is, launch like, it's going to do like that a, like in any business and any kind of like development optimization sphere you have the concept of solved problems and unsolved problems yep and all of what they're doing now is solve problems yep. you don't need the apple vision pro to work on a macbook you can work on a MacBook. But what about but working what on a MacBook? About, and what what Apple? Wait, just a, just a second. What what Apple has always done with their previous devices? You know, the Apple iPhone, the iPods. You know, the the MacBook Pro, the MacBook Air is coming up with a new kind of problem and providing the solution to that. Yeah, uh, the MacBook point. Air was the same thing. What was the problem with the MacBook Air? Ah, uh, you know, it's more portable. It's thinner. It's like it makes it more accessible. These kind of things, and I don't performance really get this though. Feeling from the, this you just you, okay. So, I think you have to. I think it's very important to remember that software can only move as far as the hardware carries it. The MacBook Air will never be able to deliver any kind of performance near a MacBook Pro. Um, when you're a developer, if you're looking at multi-threaded core applications, the it is. For. This is it's called the Apple Vision Pro. This carries no. an M2 processor, no, no. The, so it's the MacBook Air is not. Is if you want to do heavy processing, you need to do. It on, a, on a pro the macbook air was basically a device that was easier to bring with you uh limited apps or li limited performance low let's go those kind of things yes that's the apple vision at a cheaper price that's point. the apple vision pro's answer to the macbook pro if you're on an airplane developing on a macbook pro let's say you're dealing with sensitive information or you want to upscale the images or the videos that you're working on you can't take your four monitors with you that's the apple vision yep. pro this is a Resolution. this is a portable workstation that you take with you so you're absolutely correct that if oh, you well, have a macbook I, pro I, I, you I shouldn't need an apple vision pro they these are these are yeah but that, that's where yeah. i think the issue is a little bit is that i don't think at this price point three thousand five hundred dollars if people have to then choose between getting a macbook pro or getting uh you know the apple vision uh pro that they should go for an apple vision pro just because they want privacy when they work on a plane they have other people around I, that is very and, and that's what I mean, that like, is a very the, the expensive and and, and and to be honest when you work yeah. with hipaa when you work in pci compliance when you work with security if you're developing you have to remember when you're developing most of the time you can't publicly show what you're working on right so this yeah, is like, a workstation that okay, you get to those, take with you just like you could connect your monitor on your desk sure yeah. i get that but that's I, I don't think that this unsolved problem is strong enough for those six hours every yeah. four weeks that they take on a, on a on a plane then those six hours they should not have I, to work then i and am on a plane way more than six hours a week at a time and there there is i think you were on a place six hours I, a week. i have i i, I literally was like for uh, from here to miami is like six hours oh. But what I'm saying, like, rare, though. It, it, like, it's the exception. It's very, very niche, very professionals. That's not, that's not how it's in I the know name. Apple. It's a professional device. No. If you want, if you're, I, don't, I, don't I, I know that. it sucks. It's very hard to to imagine a case study of powerful development on the go or working on the go. But that's really what it is. If you look at it from a, we're talking about but hardware. It, no, but it's not from a hardware capability. It's not just on the go. It's specifically on the go when there's people around you that are not allowed to see what. Not you're necessarily. On. That's so what the. That's where the pass through comes from. That's where mixed reality comes from. These are additions to that value, right? That the truth is, yeah. If you have a MacBook Pro, you already. That's already a seven pound laptop. 
So if you're carrying a seven pound laptop, why would you get the Vision Pro then? It's lighter, and now you have multiple screens with you. So now you get your performance that you already have from the MacBook Pro, but now you got the infinite screens with you on the go. You have the ability to, you know, interact with your 3D assets, with your 3D creation tools. I think there's a lot of value there that is very easy to almost like undermine because we're not specifically the professionals that this is targeting. But there is a lot of value. So why didn't you get it? Because it's not for me. I am not a developer of okay. that level. If I, but that's but what I have I'm a, saying. But, I'm, I'm but I have a four thousand dollar laptop. What the audience? But is. I have a four thousand dollar laptop. So if I didn't have my current laptop, and I'm like, wait a minute, if I could get similar performance out of my laptop, but now I have the VR form factor. Now I get to take my laptop anywhere I go, and I have multiple screens. There is something to be said there that. Yeah, most people buy a laptop, they have a multiple monitors, they have screen, they have a keyboard. All of that is all in one device. So the keyboard. Yeah. You can get a Bluetooth keyboard. Like, I mean, some people if they buy a laptop. Okay. What I'm trying to say is there is there is a use hmm. case here. Um I, and I think it's important to highlight the part the part of the pro in Apple Vision Pro, right? Or else they would call it the air, as you mentioned. A, a much less uh powerful device. This is carrying an m2 like we keep forgetting this is a laptop class processor on a facial so, form factor <laughs> that's actually a part that i'm not clear on because i'm not so close to the processing chips and their capabilities in the apple ecosystem i don't imagine that someone would be in premiere for example rendering a video <laughs> That's going to take an hour and keep this thing on their face. Maybe while they're doing it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is, they can take it off the, the future you know, and the, of yeah. Apple vision. Well, I, I assume that they would be multitasking. If they were leaving it on, they were watching a video at the same time as that's you know, this the value processing in the background. Um, I love the architecture, yeah. right? What they have with the split processors, one for the sensory array and one for, you know, your standard, yeah. as you said, kind of laptop style. Um, the thing that I'm I'm trying to struggle to answer is, is this a companion device or is this a standalone device? I know it's designed to be standalone to a degree, but I also think that if we are focusing on it as a professional piece of hardware, you typically are on the upper end of challenging the hardware to do more. Um, but but the issue is as well not like like you mentioned it if it is competing with the MacBook Pro, yeah. the MacBook Pro is a generation ahead. It's an M3 processor that is now in a Mac. That's where the R1 gets well, better. Now Pro we're talking. That's 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 going to be the magic when when these devices now become uh, comparable on a performance level. But we're not there yet, right? That's where the the R1 got introduced because when you look at current headsets on the market, the CPU is kind of doing everything all in one, right? So you're splitting resources. Like you know, I I talk a lot about the analogy of a building, right? If you have a ten floor building and Three floors are dedicated for really good graphics. And then, you know, one floor is dedicated for, you know, really good performance on a multitasking level. The other one's dedicated. You're splitting resources, right? So when now you have a CPU that's able to deliver 100% of its processing capabilities, because thanks to the introduction of a separate building that's focusing on the spatial, you're going to be able to open up a pathway where the CPU that's on this headset, the M2 in this case, to deliver maybe 90% of the laptop or the MacBook Pro's M2 performance? I don't think so. How not? It, like, it, that, that, that's physics. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cooling. It, it's, it's performance. 
So you're saying that it, that the M2 processor on the Apple Vision Pro will outperform? No, 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 no. The majority of not the outperform. The never. It will never outperform an M3. Okay, but there will, we'll have a similar will, No, no. The M2 on the Apple Vision Pro will be able to reach near close performance of the stock M2 CPU. On, on the, the M2. On the so it's an Sorry. M2 processor, right? So it is going to deliver as close to the laptop With the M2. of the M2, correct? Yeah, but I'm talking that the laptop has an M2. Of course. Right? Yeah, and that laptop is also much heavier and also can you also need multiple monitors if you want to get the apple vision pro experience and if you want to treat yeah. it as an add-on now you can get the you know the m3 laptop with the apple vision pro now you get both right so what i'm trying to get at is there is definitely no headset in the market like from an engineering perspective or the performance standpoint that can deliver where what apple's introducing with having a laptop class cpu to be able to theoretically hit the same performance levels of a laptop yeah it's the only pro standalone yeah headset. it is it's it's a computer it is it is it is a mac it's weird because we've never seen such a such a form factor or device before because we, we compared them to other headsets but the truth is this is a laptop with a different form factor and the the, the one what's which makes it exciting yeah. it's a very exciting premise it takes me back to that point that i see it for myself, the use case of, okay, I look at it as an entertainment device. And I know for a fact that both Jose and Rowdy for sure want to be w working in VR at some point, as do I at some point when it's comfortable enough. Like, forget monitors, forget the cabling at some point, right? I don't know that we're there yet. But the two things that I think that Apple Vision Pro to me, as a consumer who didn't pre-order one, uh, but maybe one day could be sweetened to come back to the Apple ecosystem, two things uh, entertainment being one because i think you get the highest quality of that content in front of you in the best display right that's that's kind of that sales point for me the second one is just the spatial video like capturing moments i was sold by meta's uh capture moments on the go glasses right i, I thought that the ray-ban wayfarers were like a really cool little thing they nestled their way into my life in a way i didn't expect and I recognize it's too bulky and maybe it's too premium of a product to drag this around. But the fact that compatible iPhones can do the capture part on the go uh, and then you've, you can watch that headset, you know, the back in the headset. That's a really cool party trick, honestly. And I think it's going to be more impactful than maybe some are aware. I'm really curious if that's wetting the appetite of somebody like a Google because they had dealt in you know, multi-factor mm. video content for some time. I wouldn't say it took off in any great way. Uh, we obviously had their 360 videos that were available on the platform, but a lot of the side-by-side -side content didn't really go very far. So I'm curious, like, where this takes us next in terms of, you know, video on the web and being able to, you know, experience stuff that's been captured by others yeah. as if you're sitting I think there, I think right? it's also it's important to note that I think what what's happening too... It, it, it goes back to computers, right? Um, when it comes to software or features, right? Like you mentioned spatial video or or all of these yeah. really cool experiences. I don't think Apple's going to dominate that, those those feature sets. Um, I think that they're all replicatable. Um, you know, I, I just saw that, that Meta might be yeah. uh, releasing the codec avatars for the Quest Pro, for example. And that's going to be, you know, a, a pretty... Oh, really? Yeah, that's going to be a, a, a pretty uh, significant uh, use case, but... 
what what we need to start now thinking about is the concept of doing these experiences at a larger scale, right? I, I think that's where the Apple Vision Pro is going to start kind of like putting itself on an island compared to other headsets. It's going to be multitasking, right? We keep talking about the the idea of having multiple screens, editing a video. The truth is you try to open more than three windows on the Quest 3 and that thing's the, the fans kick on and it takes it starts flying off your head, right? That Yeah, it it really doesn't no. have the power under the hood. And and that's where what you were yeah. saying, Jose, kind of excites me that this may be the first taste that we actually get in terms of, you know, spatial computing yeah. on the go. Like, and there are benefits. And it's back to Jose, uh, Rowdy's original question, which is what's the unique selling point of this? What is the problem that's it's being solved? And I actually think there there are problems there. The security part, I don't think, is a seller for me to your argument, Jose, because um, I feel like security bars match the technology that's available at the time. So for example, when laptops first came out, having a slightly tinted, you know, uh, anti-view at an angle screen filter on your laptop was good enough, yeah. right? And these have kind of evolved in step by step. So I that part isn't so compelling to me. But what is, is the resolution, the detail, as you said, multi-monitor, but I did want to dig into this just for a moment, which is I saw, I think it was Lucas Rosato kicking off on yeah. Twitter about... The fact that the mirroring capability of the Apple Vision Pro will mirror the screen from your laptop, but not allow you additional virtual monitors. Did I that's get correct. that right? And, and 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 that's where that's where performance is going to start being highlighted. This is a one-to-one -one mirrored display at full-on resolution and full frame rate. When you look at like let's say virtual desktop and other applications that do like virtualized extension, you are essentially virtualizing the screens you're adding a virtual tap it's using your your graphics card to em emulate more screens at the cost of the performance of the hardware that's emulating it um that can be enabled I, I'm, I'm my theory is it's similar to how graphics cards currently do the mirroring of the display it's more like a this is a software limitation that can easily mm. get changed and updated um and that's how I yeah. view it. It's just a software cap. Yeah. Like if it can't do it day one, that doesn't mean it's six months yeah. or 12 months or 18 months. It's not going to be able to, yeah. to handle and color that. accuracy. I don't think that. Yeah. So, and that's going to be important to photographers. Exactly. For sure. um, so those are some of the things that we've talked about. But one thing I wanted to just remind people of, because I feel like it, you know, we're, we're back in the same space as we were 12 months ago with PSVR 2. Uh, this brings me back to kind of an analogy of, back when you could get a really fast internet pipe, but there were no sources that it would feed you. Like you're like, oh, I'm sitting on a gig connection, <laughs> but everyone's feeding me at 200K. Um, I do think there's going to be quite a limited amount of content to chew on on this device in the early days. That'll grow over time. Kind of like what we saw in the early advent when VR first landed, you know, DK2, DK1 days, kind of back then. Um, but I do see something similar to what hungry gamers who picked up a PS5 and PSVR 2 were complaining about last year, March and April, I think we're going to hear the same thing from people who splash out, you know, the amount of a Kia car <laughs> on a headset, and then they find themselves like limited in what they experience yes. out of the gates. Out of the I gates. can see that. Um, I think that's inevitable, but it's going to be interesting because we 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 saw that happen 
to Sony last year. I think we're going to see it happen to Apple. And I just wonder what the ramifications are going to be for, you know, further development, expansion of this ecosystem. I mean, when Apple goes into something, they typically go full in, but they've had flops before. They've they've pulled out and canceled projects. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to watch this for the next three to five years. I'm really excited. Yep. I, I'm really excited. I, I think what we need, what I want to see is another... And, and, and it's, that's what's probably annoying me the most about the Apple Vision Pro um, announcement is Qualcomm has been kind of riding or coattailing the, the Samsung Google announcement. And a lot of people keep saying, oh, they're coming. They're going to compete. And it's like, no, they're not. They, they, they're, they're absolutely not. This is going, they are going to release a Quest 3 competitor. There is no Apple Vision Pro right. competitor in the market. There's no headset that's going to be able to deliver theoretical benchmarks even from a from a you know uh hot air perspective but um because there's just the realities of physics are are just not there right there's a lot of people that have been trying to argue with me on socials about fixed function cpus comparable to a whole chipset dedicated to doing a job right and you don't have to be a computer engineer to know that hey one dedicated piece of hardware that's dedicated to do one job will always outperform one that's dividing the task to try to conquer. It is. That's just physics. That's just the reality of computers. There's a reason why graphics cards. <laughs> I can imagine a T-shirt now. Jose, it's just physics, you, baby. Just... <laughs> Seriously. And it sucks, right? Because people really, yeah. what's happening now is that we're reaching a point where hardware has gotten really, really good. And software now can run on multiple devices, multiple endpoints. You're, we, we, there's another company called Nemo that has like an XR2, the same CPU that you see on the Quest 3, on a tiny little puck, yep. and now you got a spatial displays and all that. You are being limited by that hardware. So you, no matter what you say, oh yeah, but it runs on the on the same CPU as the Quest 3. It's like, yeah, but the Quest 3 also has a giant fan on the headset. So... You're, the physics is still part of the conversation. You can't just say, "Hey, it has the same hardware; it does, it can deliver." No, there are, there are realities of engineering and design and building. This is once again there is value yep. in split computing. There's just quite frankly, there no other device like it, and it sucks, right? Because I want there to be another one, but I think it's that that that's a a fact that cannot be taken away. There's no hardware that can yeah. reach those performance levels. The good news is that given our next cast is going to be probably 10th of February, um, it means that yes. we're going to know a lot more in the next episode. So if you're into <sighs> Apple Vision Pro, um, maybe Adam won't have had time on tinkering in the box that's coming through our house <laughs> yet. Uh, but maybe some of us will get a chance to kind of go put our hands on one. Who knows? I'm definitely going to hunt down an Apple store as soon as I'm able. Um, and we'll give you our impressions, you know, when we get, we get a chance with it. I'm not rushing, but if I, if I can fit it in my life, I definitely will. I'm curious about the equipment, even though I won't have it in my home. Uh, Adam, was there anything else you wanted to add on the Apple vision pro before we move <laughs> into more news? No, like all I can think of is say, say I was some kind of digital nomad or whatever the term is now, where I don't have a traditional workspace and I do, for some reason, travel a lot, you know, and you do have the MacBook Pro versus uh, the Apple Vision Pro. I, I I haven't heard great things about comfort. And so I don't know, like both are portable. Yes. And I don't know how much hardcore kind of secret work you'd be doing kind mm -hmm. of in public anyway. Like maybe you would do go do that stuff back at your hotel room versus 
in public at a coffee shop or even at a coffee shop. I imagine someone might be on their laptop more than the headset. So I'm not completely convinced on that use case. And it, cause honestly, I'd rather just do my work on a flat screen because I get to sit on my chair. I don't have anything weighing on my neck, you know, unless I'm trying to build up those traps, like all those great memes we've been seeing, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not convinced on that in particular for work. Yeah. Like I, I can, I can see more, the glasses form, but then I do understand, yeah, you'd be limited in whatever you're plugging it into, like your phone. So you wouldn't be able to have that multi-task, but I don't know, but I feel like that would be more convenient and comfortable for me. Like until I we agree. get to the point where, yeah. yeah, I can wear this thing for like a full eight hours, the having multi-monitors isn't worth it for me if I'm going to be like, you know, neck cramping and yeah. whatever. Yeah, else. I agree. I think you make yeah. an excellent point there. And I came to a stark resolution for myself, like realizing that like when I had the meta frames on, I was like, wow, I, I think I need it to be this form factor yeah. in order for me to wear this and compute while I'm sitting with other people. Like, I don't think I can go headset on my face. Hey guys, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I just, I realized when I tried to podcast with you guys with a quest three, <laughs> When I sat with it my wife on the couch, stupid. tried to game and talk to her at the same time, like Vision Pro isn't that far off the kind of funky, weird ass Jetson factor. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced yeah. either. That, that I agree. The, the weight, um, the weight is too much. The, the weight is way too much. I, but I, I am I'm on the other side. I am a believer in, in taking, you know, the power you know, my workstation with me everywhere I go. But it, it that's really what stopped me from from like going all in on the Apple Vision Pro is just the weight and the, the comfort. Because I do want to, I do, if, if I am going to, you know, be boasting that this can replace a laptop, then I should, you know, replace a laptop. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's just. Well, yeah. I got to say, I've got a great little meme running in my head, just animated. It's just Zim opening the question about Apple Vision Pro at popping one of those pop snakes. <laughs> and it's Jose coming out with like such force. <laughs> I, I love, me. man. Uh, it's, I'm so passionate right. about it. I missed your energy, uh, dude. I really have. Yeah. So let's go to the next one. And uh, hopefully this won't take us to the end of the show. We're limited <laughs> yeah. on time today. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if we have to cut it, we'll cut it. But the next one is Citra VR by Amanda Watson, oh my God. Uh, which now offers uh, Nintendo 3DS apps in a quality and an environment like never experienced before. This is uh, the surprise announcement that was alluded to on the web for some time. Uh, it's a port of the leading 3DS emulator Citra. And um, I haven't used it, but again, I'm, I'm most keen to hear from Jose. I assume you've dabbled oh, yeah. with this at this point. I Tell me, man, oh, what's man. it like? The first thing it? is, you know how hard it has been to keep that a secret? Because, you know, I, I, I've known <laughs> it for quite a while. Um, Amanda, uh, I remember having dinner um, early on and she told us, like, oh, yeah, I have a, a port. Of, I'm like, wait, what? Just casually. Um, it's so it's so good. Um, being able to replay these games, right? Because you can already do, you know, Citra is already available on computers and, and other handhelds. But to be able to actually play these games in stereoscopic 3D, that that's really yeah. the game changer right so being able to actually see them how they looked in the 3ds handheld really makes these games feel so much more well, enjoyable better than yeah. mm -hmm. right i mean like i i used to think that that a 3ds was a it felt like witchcraft but witchcraft that was observable yeah. like you could tell <laughs> it was trying to trick your eyes but i feel like if you do that in a headset you don't get any of those yeah. artifacts. You don't get that you kind have of have a sweet spot yeah. where you're like right, right in the you right. Know, front, which makes it 
me think that like it's almost the purest form of viewing the game as was intended like which is weird because normally you talk about like you know watching like looking at like super mario brothers on a nez on an old crt and you're like that's the true form it was supposed to look like because the colors are bleeding and all this kind of stuff you look at it on a sharp display it looks like harsh and it doesn't look quite right but this is the flipped case it feels like for me like um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm very excited for people who like emulation uh, to go into this. I always found like both the DS and 3DS very difficult to deal with emulation, like on a Steam Deck, or it just doesn't feel natural. Um, if you've tried that, is it does it, it feel, feel good? Yeah, and they also have the for now yeah. it's a it's a touch input, but you can kind of see the potentials of where this can go. Um, I also saw somebody who already modded it and actually made the upper screen actually wrap around you to turn into like full-on real vr they're playing mario kart and the 3d was on Weird. that's that's something i want to try after this uh recording but uh yeah no it, it's super exciting and it also goes to show how emulation really has um a big pathway when it comes to like preserving um you know old technology and hardware and software like i'm completely on kind of related unrelated but um, last week, I, I was dabbling a lot with uh, something called XR Linux, which is an emulation platform that yeah. uh, essentially lets you run different operating systems using the Quest uh, hardware. So I was able to get like Windows XP running locally on a oh. Quest 3 with <laughs> pass-through, right? And, and being able to, to dabble with that, but also, you know, playing like Diablo, uh, the original Diablo release uh, on Windows and... Like Diablo, Diablo 1? One. And there's <laughs> on, a on quest. the quest, running locally, natively. But what, what was very interesting about it is how these headsets, you know, display graphics. And oh. mixed reality is, you know, preset for like black backgrounds to just be transparent. So I, I don't know if you remember the original Diablo 1 uh, interface, but the bla the bottom bar where the navigation is, it's it's a black background. So it, it's, it's a bug. But it accidentally, like Diablo One, is a mixed reality game natively. On if you if you run it on the Quest Three, it is because it's got transparencies exactly. where the black would and appear. it's so right. rad yeah. to yeah. to play around with it. And so that that's it, that's kind of been where my heart has been, right? It, it's the idea of being able to bring back old hardware and software, and and you know being able to kind of see the Citra, the Citra three DS and XR Linux kind of dominate the the socials for a little bit together was really cool to to kind of see the potential future of um yeah just people talk about time travel all the time and nobody ever thought about like you can do time travel through software user interfaces right it, it, it's really cool like i'm not supposed <laughs> to talk much about it but i can give you a little a little teaser something i'm working on imagine having multiple old school environments that are replicating different computer environments but you're all in that same space. So you can do, let's say like a virtual LAN party where you can walk around each person's computer. You can see what they're seeing, but they're also networked. But then you can also emulate, cool. you can also emulate the network that connects them. And if you could emulate, if you could show- <laughs> So fucking oh, dude, nerdy, it man. Is nuts. It's so nerdy, <laughs> so I love it. It's so good. <laughs> control, and this is where it gets kind of really, really cool, right? Cause it sounds, it sounds cool already as it is, but if you can control the, the network that all the computers are connected and you get to also determine the rules so what happens if you put in like a proxy that says hey i want you to act like it's january 2nd 1997 and you're going to use the wayback machine to be the filter of anything that you can see on the <laughs> internet 
to that year and date. So now you have everybody playing by the rules of that year and network. And then you can also, you know, bring back messaging <laughs> tools like Yahoo Instant Messenger or Hot. It's it's a crazy project. I, I could talk about. I am yeah. so worried that I'm going to live through a future where kids of my kids are going to say, hey, Gramps. And they're going to throw me into a VR experience. And they'll be like, look, this is what the net, net was like in the 90s. And it's yes. going to be piecemeal oh. together, like aliens from another planet <laughs> experiencing humanity. And they're going to get it feckin' wrong because there aren't those pieces together anymore. And they're going to put it all together like archaeologists. This <laughs> isn't my internet. That's like, hilarious, though. Exactly. And, oh, that's I can't what, wait that's to, what I to get it. off my back to digital in it. Windows 95 yeah, grass. It, yeah. It's super exciting. I, but yeah, emulation nice. is, is something that... Uh, Nice. I'm really excited about for the future of VR. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you what. We got like 20 minutes <laughs> left or so uh, of, of the time we have for this recording. So uh, the next thing I was going to take us to is a big part of my life, probably 25, 30 years, went to Wizards of the Coast with Magic the Gathering. And another big thing, uh, an acquisition from a few years ago, Hasbro, that parent company, um, took on Dungeons & Dragons. So... We recently got news that Resolution Games has essentially won uh, the award to create with the IP for D&D, which is awesome. I think this has been clearly a prayer for so many players. Now, that's not targeting a specific game. So if you're thinking, great, Demio's about to get some D&D style DLC, it's not confirmed what it's going to be. It could be a standalone title, nothing to do with that form factor. But we did hear... Uh, from their CEO uh, that, you know, Resolution are fans of both tabletop and role-playing games. And so with games like Neverwinter Nights and other stuff in the back background, man, I, I just, I think they are the best to bring D&D to life in this medium. They've, they've like made... A, like a VR Baldur's Gate. Mm. Oh, oh, why do you guys say that? I hope that? Oh, man. I hope that you don't need, it's something you won't need like a dungeon master for. Like, I want the dungeon master right. to be Ooh. AI or whatever. So, because like there was that other game that came out yeah. recently that's like, you could do Dungeons and Dragons with friends, but you still have to do a lot of the work. Like, mm -hmm. I just want to make my damn characters <laughs> and have my friends make their characters and then like, Someone else, nobody, nobody wants to be DM. I don't know, at least in my, circle, <laughs> I don't want to play. I'm a ringleader. <laughs> How can you say that? I love being the Dungeon well, maybe Master. Maybe the option then. Maybe yeah. you can have, uh, you know, it's either someone can do it. You can have a custom campaign or you can run through, you know, because I, I don't know. I want that but Snoop Dogg. Yeah, like, like, like Divinity Original Sin did really well. Like, yeah. uh, they have like, you know, like games you can like load and stuff like that. And it's all like pre-done, but you still, I mean, you don't need Dungeon Master. It's, it's basically pre-done with, with whatever mods they have included in there. That's right, like Baldur's Gate style, but yeah, there's no way they're going to yeah. get, get that. And I, But similar, somehow, maybe. <laughs> the thing is, though, if they get it right, right, if they do this well, then um, they're really going to just... Th there's so many worlds in the D&D &D universe, they could run with this for years after. So I hope they do incredibly well. Tiefling um, bard. We, we go from there. Tiefling bard. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very interesting that the I, I kind of was going around it the other way until Adam mentioned that because it's true. Nobody really wants to be really a dungeon master. But I was kind of hoping that they actually replicate the actual experience of Dungeons and Dragons, but just virtualized. Like, I, I love the idea of having, you know, the digitized books, being able to create the maps, giving like really powerful um, dungeon master tools. And of course, if, the, if you want to automate it, but... 
I don't know. I feel like that's what's always been missing from these kinds of experiences because I feel like it's not the first time that we have seen yeah. certain dabbles. And I think that they they always fall short of just like just virtualize the entire experience. Like, give me the the physical books in a virtual way. Give me the ability to, you know, create the maps. And because Demio, Demio does it very well when it comes to a story experience. I think there's a there's a pathway to do both. I, the only thing about that is I feel like it makes pickup groups hard. I guess that's kind... I mean, in Demio, it can be difficult to play with randoms, but I mean, if you, like, need the dungeon master and you need all that yeah. setup, like, that means you could only play with a set group of people and stick with them, like a real yeah. game. You wouldn't be able to just hop in for <sighs> a casual, I don't know, thing, but... Uh, casual <laughs> thing like... Uh, <laughs> like with the pals and yeah, the harem? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I understand. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's Jose, not me. I'm ready. Weirdo. We gotta, we gotta multiplayer now. We gotta, we gotta do some multiplayer. I gotta show you guys my harem. I ain't multiplaying Wait, I got, with listen, you. Listen, I think yeah, next podcast, we're gonna go live. I'm gonna bring my... I'm gonna show you guys my, my lover lizards. Uh, good. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yes. You, <laughs> you should, Jose. I oh, encourage this behavior. Um, the only thing that I would say is that to resolution, I've been begging for years. Like I still want DLC of some nature for Demio, um, which is Forbidden Island. I think it would be a shorter form factor, kind of similar to what they did with Demio Battles, where it'd be like it, shorter play sessions. Because Demio for me, I love it when I've got four hours to spend. And when I don't have four hours, it's like, like even two hours feels short for Demio. Like you need a good chunk of time. So mm. Curious to see which way they go with it. I trust Resolution more than probably any other studio on the map. They've earned it. So they, they've done a great job with it, all the different genres that they've done. Now, another thing I want to mention, um, which I, I thought was a, an internet meme I clicked into and I went, oh, this is real, is uh, Gladly It's Bradley. <laughs> so some of you know, sadly, it's Bradley, um, who has opened a new, a second YouTube channel for dumping videos where he kind of just talks off the cuff about things. Uh, it's been pretty popular so far. One of his videos on Apple went 30K views in a couple of days. He's got about three and a half thousand followers already amassed, but I want to let people know about this because if you look at it, like I did scrolling past, I was like, that's clearly a meme. It's not. Uh, the reason it's called Gladly It's Bradley is it's a mental health thing, right? It's like, I don't want to have to worry about bombing my channel with stuff that I just want to upload. So I'm going to do it over here. And if you're like a, Bradley fan, like a lot of us are, you know, keeping an eye on on this guy and his his thoughts and and his take on, you know, VR and AR and where it's all going. There you go. Gladly it's Bradley. So it's YouTube.com. <laughs> there you go. It's a personal journey for him. And <laughs> I think it's a it's an interesting segregation as well. I mean, I remember Rowdy, you went through something not too dissimilar when you were toying around with what do I do with my future on YouTube? Yeah. Um, and went for uh, a second channel at some point. And um yeah. yeah so I see. I see a lot of people get to a stage where they're like, "What can I do other than?" Oh, it's it's, it's reset. the YouTube. It's the YouTube thing for sure. Well, you want yep. to keep things separate sometimes. Like if I wanted to cover a flat screen game, I feel like it wouldn't make sense on my VR channel when people are expecting VR. Yeah. Or you know, maybe I like cooking. That wouldn't make sense. So you, sometimes you just feel like, I want to do this yeah. other fun thing I love, but yeah. it doesn't make sense to do it here. So I'll just Man. do my fun stuff over here and not worry about numbers. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully yeah. he's not worried about numbers. I don't know. That's how I that saw one. it. I, I think I think it's a I think yeah. it's the pressure of the community too. It's like I think 
I, I see. I, I'm a complete. I, I'm. I go against the grain when somebody tells me to go a certain way. I, I almost instinctively want to go the other way. But I think that it's. <laughs> I think it's very silly to try to limit somebody like Bradley from expressing. I. I don't know. I feel like he should have just doubled down on his channel because that's really when I subscribe yeah, to his mind. I, I. I don't care about just Bradley's. You know, understanding a really robust understanding of VR. I care about the influences that drive him to to love VR. And, and I think that by him splitting yeah. that, he's almost kind of confirming that there is such a thing as expertise without the inspiration that helps you seek it. And and for me, that kind of, that, that for me was like, I, I hope Bradley kind of looks yeah. in the mirror and kind of realizes that he's accidentally confirming a bias that shouldn't exist. Like if you care about his expertise, you, you take it's all hard. of it. You kick it, you take his passion I for know. anime, you take all of that and, you yeah, take it. That's how I felt about yeah. it as well, Jose. Like looking at it and I was like, you know what? I kind of wish this stuff was just yes. on his main channel. Like I, I like that's how I felt about it yeah. personally. Um It could be hard to get past that barrier though, yeah. like where you're just so, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's easy to tell people that, but I yeah. I could see where he might be like, yeah. but I feel like it'd be better this way. It's it's a hard thing. Yeah. So I, I feel for him. But I do agree. I feel like he could just be unapologetically him on his channel because that's who he is, yeah. you know, both halves when it's just him and, and some people as well like really like to draw that quality barrier that yeah. line of it's good enough it's not good enough right yeah. so being able to do that and i've seen people run three four channels quite successfully all at one go i don't <laughs> think it, it's for me it's definitely not my style but it's like i i just wanted to highlight that it's an option for other creators out there who might be struggling with the same thing and I like the thought leadership that Brad. Maybe I should make a that. separate. Like I know I'll make other a YouTubers channel. do it, but I'm trying to think. Of, <laughs> I want to cover something that's like completely just not. Maybe I'll cover the my harem. Actually, I'll make a I'll dedicate a Pal World. <laughs> pal World. Channel. Yeah, yes, I'd want. I'd, I'd be your first subscriber. Yes, my pal, Jose's Pal Harem. Pal Pal. Harem. <laughs> it, it's funny when you register an account and then do nothing with it. Once upon a time, I was gonna do one of my shadow accounts. Is um was going to be me running on a treadmill with a VR headset, <laughs> like trying to get oh, exercise, playing VR games, which sounds like it's a health and safety problem. <laughs> never went and did it. But yeah, you have all these funny, crazy ideas that you kick off. Um, in the PSVR 2 space, just a couple of days, we've got some fan backlash from titles like Bullet Storm and Vertigo 2 uh, have landed on the platform. There's a refreshed game, which is a D-Day enhanced coming for PSVR 2, uh, which has some Battlefield-like gameplay. I played that on PSVR 1 and quite enjoyed it, where you can drive and gun at the same time. Um, it's it's kind of interesting control mechanism, uh, but it's Omaha Beach-style content. Uh, it reminds me of the lunacy in the early days of Medal of Honor. Not the VR one, I mean <laughs> the original flat series of Medal of Honor. Kind of just fun, dumb fun, you know, in, in a World War II setting. So look out for that if you're a PSVR 2 player. Um, and then... I suppose from Meta's perspective, right? Apple pulled their engineering advert. So Meta, of course, dropped one of their own. Uh, their ad shows Quest for Work and shows how VR could bring us closer together and educate us in a VR environment. Uh, showing a Michael Jackson-style HMD flip, which personally I'd hesitate to try with any full glass front headset <laughs> like the Pro, is I'd feck it up and smash... I just do not want to see a Pro cracked glass on the front of it but they're showing off meta for work um this ad shows they're remaining committed to their full line right they're showing off a pro 
then a Quest 2, and then a Quest 3 in different use cases. There's an engineer working an electrical system, subsystem in a cabinet, um, and there's uh, there's a bit of training done in there. It's just a really interesting thing to show this kind of stylish flip. And uh, while I can imagine that in the future, um, <laughs> it's like a future bunch of teenagers flossing. I don't know that I could take myself to learn this uh, this move myself. I don't know. I feel like Jose might pull it off. I don't know off. about that. <laughs> I me. don't know if I can do the. I, I actually, I, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I tried. I, I don't I don't know how they they're able to do that because there's like a it's flip over and then they I think it's like a, they're probably cutting the video. It's got to be CG. Yeah, it, it has to be real. Like it doesn't no. look it real. It looks very at fake. All. Like because they lift yeah. it up. So it's like it's like part of it is also yeah. sped up and stuff. Yeah, no. So weird. Why did they? What do happened? That? Did you smack yourself yeah, in the no, face? I, don't wanna, like, I have a big head too, so I, I can't try that. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> they need a do not try this at home because can you imagine how many other people like you out there who are like, oh, sick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> Actually, <laughs> just shut that, the that yeah. might be a more fun video. I want to see people putting on the headsets in a very creative manner. Like that would be God. like. Actually, that's a. Uh, hmm. I don't have the money. It's to like do the old that. bottle slip yes. challenge. Just just put your your friend wife partner yes. whatever across the room and just throw a quest headset up and it's so easy to trick people to do it like we can make it like we can make like a fake hashtag a TikTok challenge yes we make it a TikTok challenge go. where we have to put like a quest pro or a quest to on a string and just like lasso in whoever okay <laughs> i think i have some ideas here i think i think i'm gonna i'm gonna outmaneuver these guys putting on headsets all right, I'm going to skip a couple of he on, the, on the video reel here, um, Rowdy, up to the next one. So this is going to be one for you. It's a favorite one. It's a treadmill by Disney. I know a lot of people have seen this already. Yeah. Omnidirectional treadmill called uh, the hollow tile floor. The reason I'm yeah. saying this is because Rowdy has a particular affection <laughs> for treadmills. And he, he's a true believer. <laughs> I think we had a whole maybe series, yeah. not even in a single episode. It was like four or six episodes where Rowdy was just, you know, putting the big <laughs> down thumb on treadmills for VR. Um, but this thing is kind of interesting. It's a multi-tiled floor space that allows you to move things around. The only proper use case I could come up with for me uh, would be if I was sitting in the middle of my play space and I wanted a beer or some cookies or <laughs> something. And I would have this thing. I would just say, hey, Siri, bring me my cookies. And it would just bring the cookies over to me. <laughs> And I thought that yes. would be genius. But Rowdy, what's your take on this new omnidirectional treadmill? I yeah, think. I mean, it will work. <laughs> Very good, Rowdy. Like, I Very mean, good. It's it's a, it's a great concept. I like I like the concept, but it's I mean, the reason why I think it's and it's cool and it's well done. But this is not again. This is not how walking yep. really works. You're on a surface that is moving backwards, and meanwhile you're moving forwards, and that's also where you see them. A little bit struggling it looks, it looks a little bit uncomfortable it's something you're gonna have to learn to do so yeah it's it's the same problem I, I mean I, I i love the ingenuity of it and i like that they're advancing it and it's much better probably than what we've seen before but this is not something that i would recommend anyone to buy i mean it's not even you, know, you can't buy it but like uh it's not something that i think is going to be you know the solution to locomotion also what about a hill if you're going up a hill you're gonna get motion sick yeah, you know, they, they, they need to they need to like elevate that platform the same way as you're going, uh, you know, in the game. So it's it's really not a simple 
a simple solution to a very, very complicated problem. Um, and it doesn't even solve, I think, the, the real, like, yes. locomotion. And, and, to, and to be, and, 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 I, and I hate talking about this because I know Lanny personally, like, this is not a Disney invention. This has existed for about 10 years now. Uh, I forget the name of the research team, but this was developed in Germany many years ago. What Lenny's introducing is just a, let's say, a more polished version of the holotile technology. It's not designed to be, and they, of course, right, seeing somebody walking on it is a quick way of getting attention, but this is not designed for people to walk on it. This is exactly what Zim uh, mentioned. This is to move objects around. It is, is a interactive way of creating, you know, um, the force, uh, for example. Like, imagine a box and you just move your hands around and you just see the box moving left and right. This is a production or or showsmanship uh technology it's not really meant for people to interact with exactly. it exactly that's yeah, how i no, saw this it. is a, yeah. a ankle break <laughs> within seconds machine good for good for broadway productions but the only thing i was thinking looking at it was like each of those individual tiles all the mechanisms with it like if you think about a series of light bulbs right like one of those breaks how <laughs> expensive and complicated is it to yeah. fix it right and so it probably doesn't belong even on a broadway stage yeah. right so the use case would be so specific but it's a cool little thing. And of course it gets exactly. people who want so many people want these like treadmills in their homes or whatever. And uh, no, honestly, uh, yeah, honestly, honest. if there's anything to highlight from that video is congratulations to Lanny, right? First Imagineer to, to get awarded and get that kind of recognition, right? Us engineers that focus on a lot of making, you know, really magical experiences seem like magic, even though it's just a lot of engineering technology, it, it deserves recognition. So yep. to see Lanny on, on video like that was super inspiring for people like me uh, it, it was super rad i i i, I hope to to reach uh, to to connect with them again sometime soon and and, and say that to them yep. well with that i'll tell you what since jose is back our king of surprises on releases um why don't we cover some releases then before we wrap up on today's show um what's in your double barrel shotgun oh man Shooter, okay, Jose. I got well, I got three shots for this double barrel. So first one is Ultra Wings <laughs> 2, uh PSVR2 release. I believe it's out now. Have you guys played Ultra Wings 2? Oh. A little bit. A little bit. I like the first one so much. And then I yeah. tried the second one, and they brought back those like where you're flying and there's balloons and you have to shoot the balloons and pilot at the same time. And I'm like, I hate you developers. Stop trying to <laughs> scramble my brain in four dimensions. But yeah, I think I that's their tagline. We're splitting fun. your brain into two. Um, <laughs> so that's out. And next I have underdogs finally out on steam and on meta quest. Uh, I know it's so good. It's uh, I guess what would you call it? A robot in my robot brawler PVP. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you could go hmm. uh, or, or very aggressively British robot brawler. What aggressively British? Oh. <laughs> but actually, now that I think about it, is like, is that like a thing? Like, is it like, does any robot fighting game have to be like British aesthetic? Like, because I, I like it, but it, it's I feel like real steel, right? This it, it, it does give that little, you know, because they have those like you know slang languages in the UK that are so. So great, like, yeah. like you know, like they have these kind of words and like you know, like especially like, and also they have a huge hooligan mm. scene, right? You know, if yeah, huge. if you like the Manchester City versus the Manchester United, they go crazy. Like so, if the English fans go and play somewhere, they wreck the place. So 
Yeah, they do have a little bit of a repetition. <laughs> they, they've even made movies yeah. about it, about like being brawlers. And that That's what I'm saying. It's a, such a good aesthetic. I, I love it. I, I only played a little bit of the game. Beautiful. And I was just like, man, this is... I, I was wondering that if this is like a culture thing over there. I, I now I'm realizing I'm in the wrong place. I need to, like, <laughs> I, I am literally the the, the asses of a hooligan. So I, I need to get over there. Uh, <laughs> when you get a chance, Jose, do some time in London. To. London is London is ready, is ready to get awesome. in trouble over there. Very good. And last one, the best. I just got to say the best thing I had living in London was just walking home at night from work one day. And there's just a group of like six lads, like all teenagers, you know, late teens or something, 18, 19. And they're all just rapping to each other. And it was just like the coolest thing ever. I'm yeah. like, and they were good. You only and I was like, London, right? <laughs> I was like, such a, and it's yeah. like, where, where's the Hollywood set? It was just so cool. Like, I love that. It's such a melting pot. It's great. I thought you were going to say that, that they like, challenged you to a robot fight. That was, but that, that's a, that's a much better <laughs> robot fight. <laughs> Let's go. Get my suit on. And the last one I have, it's uh, it's one that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, I just got the the press release email earlier that looks like it's releasing on App Lab on February 14th. Max Mustard, um, that's going coming out I think on all platforms I believe. PSVR also, I'm not sure. I mean, hmm. but yeah, interesting. And that's the uh, Richie. Yes, from Toast Interactive yes. Experience Correct. Studio. Toast. toast yes, so they, they're doing a, a platformer um, game in, in a in a VR, uh, I guess, uh, camera. And as you guys have heard me talk a lot about UEVR, I love you know VR cameras in, in platformer. So seeing a a, ga- a VR game from the ground up, kind of using similar mechanics and, and camera positions. I love Lucky's Tale. I'm a big fan of, of platformers using these kinds of uh, cameras. I, I'm super excited for Max Mustard. Right, especially looking at their inspirations like Mario Sunshine and Mario 3D Land. Oh, I'm super hype. I I did you ever play Chronos yes. in VR? Yeah. yeah. Cuz that was such a good game. Yeah. Like the quality level of it for being a, a launch Rift title yeah. was like like and so many people don't even know that. Uh, Matt, I'm so glad you brought up Chronos because it goes to show that we're finally I, I, I feel that VR kind of lost its way somewhere down the road because people were making already these types of games and then when they were like, no, man, we should be sweating in VR. That's the only way to play a VR game. So that the fact that we're kind of like, you know, fixing gears uh-huh. and now we're back to actually <sighs> making games all about fun, I'm, I'm super all about it. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, covering some releases there, Jose. Appreciate it. Uh, so that sounds like we're almost dead, folks. Uh, let's give them the show times as well. Uh, F-Reality Podcast runs every two weeks, every other Saturday, on both YouTube and Twitch. This crew starts barking at the moon around 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. Doesn't make any sense with the moon cycle. Why did I write that? Uh, For our audio listeners, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes are still in season, so grab your fiddle and go play some music for yourself in the forest. If you like this episode, uh, light up our finger-shaped fire lighters with a like, and fan mail is always welcome over at contact at freality.tv. Chat, we're going to see you live for the next one. Uh, thanks for putting up with this off-schedule pre-recorded episode while Zim plays full-time dad. That's a fun simulator. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are really looking forward to hearing what normies and nerds alike have to say about the Apple Vision Pro, uh, as well as the continued reign of Meta's headsets developing further, the mixed opinions on the PSVR 2, and the beloved yet Humpty Dumpty Road of PC VR. As modders and hackers and tinkerers, oh my, keep breaking <laughs> and building, 
over there. Uh, with that, I guess we'll meet you and greet you on the next F Reality Podcast. Thank you.